0: praise the lord and um, thank you for praying for us this morning we were at chelmsford prison there was a group of um of, uh, six of us and uh, there were 67 men crammed into chelmsford prison four prison officers and uh, six of us and uh, one member of the chaplaincy team and so it was there were lots of people standing at the back and it was a it was a, a bit like a, a white water rafting for a, an hour. Um, not too sure what happened. Um, but people did come and take, at least 12 took uh, in-house Bible studies. You can, you can get a, 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 please excuse the word, a cheap response from men. You can offer them something that they will stand for. But when they want to take a Bible study and study in their cell, is really great. And there were, a number took Bibles. One man asked about baptism at the end. So the Lord was there. Um, and I, I, I took a man with me, a friend, um, from uh, Pilgrim's Hall, who used to work in, in Teen Challenge, who was a heroin addict for 20 years, came to Christ gloriously. He was a boxer before. He, um, and... Uh, amazing testimony that really touched men's hearts so please pray for the men um, in shelter prison that, um, that they will respond to the, the ministry that is there week by week and we started a living with Loss course last Thursday and there was one young man um, just 25 years old he's, um, he's a father of three but he's been in prison nine times in his short life And um, he was on this course because he had lost his his, um, stepbrother in an accident. He drowned in Clacton just three weeks before. And he tried to take his life just a couple of weeks ago and uh, he's self-harming. So if you can pray for for Danny over the weeks to come, please do. Uh, He doesn't know the Lord, but the Lord knows him. And the wonderful thing about this gospel, and it was something that we shared this morning, was the gospel is the power of God. It's the power of God given to us to change us. And uh, I suppose the theme of this morning was there's a better way. And uh, if you know that little bit of the story at the, in the, the Passion in Garden of Gethsemane, when Peter takes it upon himself to try and stop what's going on by taking a sword and uh, cutting off Malchus's ear. Jesus restored his ear. But the wonderful thing, that you know the story, Peter obviously went on to deny Christ three times. So with his hand he cut off an ear, with his tongue he denied Christ. But because of Calvary... And because of the coming of the Holy Spirit, the next time recorded, we hear of the hand of Peter. It is to lift a crippled man who had been crippled for 38 years up with the same hand that wielded a sword. The next time, well, not the next time we hear of him speaking because Jesus had discourse with him, but on the the day of Pentecost, with the same tongue that denied Christ, he preached Christ and 3,000 men came to Christ it's the power of the gospel it's the power of the, the body and blood of Jesus that we're going to celebrate and there's a better way because Jesus went on to say after that incident those that live by the sword would die by the sword there is a better way and uh, it's a real challenge to me to think there's always a better way we're never there, are we? There's always a better way for you and me, and uh, that is the way of Christ. In John chapter six, and I'll, I'll read a little bit of it in a moment. After the feeding of the found five thousand, Jesus begins to talk about there's a different bread that you need to eat of. And uh, what this is, is one of the two ordinances, the other is baptism, which was given by Jesus to his disciples. Some may argue that the third one, the washing of feet, but we, we're not really big on the washing, well, we're, I do not say we're not big on the washing of feet, because I hope we all do that. Our own. But I mean, you know what I mean about publicly washing feet together. Um, but, it, but, it, but it, it's symbolic in nature, but rich in truth. So rich. And it's instructions, both of these were instructions given by Jesus to his disciples, taught by the apostles and practiced by the early church, recorded in scripture. They're not sacraments. We don't need them for salvation. Their ordinances. They do not save, but they bring us closer to God. Some of those lovely songs that we were singing. And Jesus had already said, I am the bread of life. He said, didn't he, he said it to, to, to Satan. Man cannot live by bread alone but by the, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There was another, another feeding. And uh, in uh, John six fifty one, it says, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life. And there's a, in that little passage that we're going to look at, there's a series of what we have and what we, we don't have. The thing is that the, the food brings real benefits. And so does partaking around this table. This is not a ritual. This is not a routine. This is something that we, we have to do communion, breaking of bread, whatever we choose to call it. There's something that is so deep and profound and spiritual. that once was good and still is, holy communion. Not many things are called holy. But this is holy. When we don't just have communion one with another, because we're all of one loaf, aren't we? We all need to come. But we meet with God. And we meet especially to remember the huge thing that he did at Calvary. And to give thanks, lest, we have lots of old hymns come to mind, but lest we forget Gethsemane. Lest we forget his blood that was shed for me. Lest I forget his scar-torn brow. Lead me. Lead me to Calvary. And in this busy, busy world in which we all live, which is full of so many other things, It's lovely to be led to Calvary. It's lovely to be led to this place and just meet with our Saviour again. Simply. It's a holy moment. In the letters it says that it shouldn't be something we do lightly. Something that we should not do Disrespectfully but we discern or understand the body of Christ. There's nothing... Uh, last, last evening, we had a meal with some friends at our, our house. They were believers. And at the end, uh, we took some wine and took some bread and we shared it. It's not that sort of mystical that we... We can't just do that. You couldn't, uh, Carol and I, do it just the two of us sometimes. Not planned, it just seems right. Just to sit and remember and ponder and thank God for Calvary. And uh, perhaps let's just read from uh, chapter 6, 53. Just through to 58. There's a, there's a big passage before that which um, we could read, which also refers, but just these, in these passages alone, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, he needs to get his, our attention. When he says, um, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, or very truly, in this instance, I tell you, it's to get our attention, it's really important. Not that everything else in this Bible isn't true, but this you need to know. This you need to understand, because it's fundamental. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This, this discourse continued from the feeding of the 5,000, and uh, Jesus saying, well, you know, it's, it's not just physical bread that you, you need. You have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up from the last day. Hallelujah. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This wonderful uh, a chain reaction. He says, I live because of the Father. He says that you will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread, will live forever. Hallelujah. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Because of what Jesus did, and because of our, in a sense, partaking in this, that we can know, we can know that we have resurrection life. Not just life. That's why that amazing song that we we sang, God of heaven, living in me. You're not just you. You're not just you. You're you with Christ in you. His life. That's who you are. That's who we need to remind ourselves when we take that first look in the mirror in the morning. I think, ooh! <laughs> that mirror's not telling the truth again, yeah? But you have the life of Christ in you, that resurrection life. And you will be raised up on the last day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's because of this that I'm going to be raised up. I'm going to see my mom and dad because they've been raised up because of Calvary. And for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. What is he saying? We're not believing in transubstantiation. We're not believing in some mystical change here. What he's saying, you will be strengthened spiritually. Your inner man will be made strong. Just as when when you ate your food today, and I I trust everyone had a, a good meal today, you all look pretty comfortable and well fed. When we come to occasions like this, we are fed spiritually through Christ. And then we go away stronger spiritually. We're built up. We can be spiritually weak or spiritually strong. We'll be spiritually something. But God wants us to be spiritually strong because this is real food. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Because of this, we know what it is to abide in Jesus and Jesus to abide in us. No wonder he says, truly, truly. He says, you need to know this, my disciples. You need to know what it is to abide in Christ, and Christ to abide in me. He goes on to, to speak about this later in John. But he's telling them it's because of what's going to happen at Calvary that this is a this is is a he's prophesying. This is a, 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 a reality that's to come. That breaks out for each one of us. that the Spirit is, was with them, but that the Spirit would be in them. Just as the, the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, and so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So we know we've got the life of Christ within us. Oh, what salvation this, that Christ liveth in me. And Christ liveth in you. Hallelujah. It's not about coming to church. In fact, coming to church, we should be bringing Christ with us to church. That's not about bringing spiritual gifts. It's Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory, not some ethereal Christ. It's the Christ that's working powerfully within you. But Paul realised this, that he could he could hardly contain the Christ that was within him. It was breaking out all over the place. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. It was for the day. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. It's eternal life. No wonder we are the most blessed of all people on the face of this earth. You know that the world, my flesh, and the evil one wants to take all this away from my mind and fill it with other stuff. But the cares of the world, the lust of the flesh, would rob me of the reality that is ours around this table. And these are the results of salvation by faith, and they're received by grace. We are saved, but through the the greater reality of this, We're being saved. Because we're understanding more of what this salvation is. When I first believed, I didn't understand. I was saved. It's this knowledge we grow. We grow into salvation. When we take hold of the bread in a moment, we take hold of Christ, each one of us. Hallelujah. When we take hold of the cup, we apply the blood afresh to our lives to wash away sin and acknowledge the new covenant. I, I take hold of the new covenant. I claim it for myself. Jeremiah 31, 33 said, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. Hallelujah. The law comes in our minds and writes it on their hearts. He puts it, the law, in our mind and he writes it in my heart. I will be their God and they will be my people. People. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, know the Lord. Because, why is that? Because his laws is written in my heart. When I draw close to him, I draw close to Christ. And Christ brings all of his word into my heart. I've got an inner witness of what is right or wrong. I've got the, the, the resurrected Christ who was the word made flesh living in me and you. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, No, Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. A glorious miracle. And we're given a new nature, which tends towards what the Spirit desires. And that's what I need. I need to keep refreshing my new nature. Washing away everything that's not of God. That I might tend towards goodness. I might tend towards righteousness. I may desire the things of God. And that's true in Romans 8. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's what this does. It reorientates me. That's why I need to do it. As often as we come together, to be reorientated towards Christ to point towards him, to love him, to long for him, to want to serve him, to want more of him, to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So let us draw near, shall we, and with worship, and then then we'll break bread together.